0: It's Monday, Yud, Gimel Adar Aleph, Tafshin Ayin Vav. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. He took
1: them the sea, they were the to them the sea, not two hours. He ate them the sea, and he ate them, the 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 KONIM MAER VE GARBAIN LO CHASER lain kon min maler ve bayin na كون مين ما
0: opens things up for this edition of the Israel Show on the Nacham Sigel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We thank you so much for tuning in. That was Hamag HaFayim We thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day and your week, wherever you are. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following J.M. and D. A.M., which translates roughly to 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Israel Time. And wherever you are around the world, you can listen to us whenever you want, however you want, almost, except through the fillings in your teeth. That doesn't work. But using your iPhone or your iPad or your iPod or your Android device via the Nachum Siegel Network app, you can download the show, so you don't even have to be in a Wi-Fi area or use up your data. You really can listen on demand. So we hope you join us live, and if you can't, you listen on demand, or you could be listening like my email on the telephone. If you don't have access to the Internet, you just dial up in New York, 605-562-4400. 605-562-4400. Tell your friends and others who can't access the Internet, or maybe they're driving. They don't want to use up the data on their phone. But phones are free. Phone calls are free. You can listen in on the phone. That's when it's live. So we thank you for making us a part of your week and joining us here on the Israel Show. We have lots of stuff to cover. Um, we're going to tell you about the great Simcha in the family of the late Roi Klein. Those of you who remember, we've spoken about Roe Klein many times on this show. Gibor Yisrael, a hero of Israel um, during the Second Lebanon War. Famous story that he threw himself on the grenade to save others. There is Simcha and his family. We'll tell you about that. Um, this came up in conversation during the week. What was Israel like in the 1860s? You know, somebody asked me, a uh, nice person, not combative or anything. I was in conversation, and the person said to me, why? Why? I mean, of all the places, why did the Jews pick there? Couldn't they go anywhere else? Couldn't they find any other piece of land somewhere that nobody was contesting, or something like that? You know, that was pretty empty. And uh, I so many different thoughts. Obviously, the Zionist movement did have such a proposal before it, early in their uh, in the in, in the existence of the movement, when the British had suggested that they started a Jewish state in Uganda. The British were ready to give Uganda over to the Jews. It would have taken us a lot longer to get there by plane, if I think about it from North America. Wow, Uganda. Anyway, the whole Uganda story is uh, oftentimes misrepresented by anti-Zionists. Talk about that one day, but basically the Zionist movement rejected the Uganda plan. The idea, though, at the time was get the Jews out of danger anywhere, go anywhere that they could be safe, and so that was the concept of Uganda, and that's why some people supported it: get the Jews out of the danger that they were in in Europe. Anyway, and then I said, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I I, I remember very well of the many things I read about Israel and Israel advocacy. That we have eyewitness report of what Israel was like in the 1860s. That was basically empty. And who wrote this? None other than Mark Twain. We'll tell you about that later on. We will post links. You can read the entire Mark Twain book. From which we'll be quoting. It's called The Innocents Abroad. And it's a, a, a travel diary of his trip... Through Europe and the Middle East. Fascinating, fascinating. It was like a group tra- group travel. It was uh, very popular amongst uh, the wealthier class. Um, and we have, we spoke last week about um, a Victor Kahalani and a Victor Bengal, two generals in the Israeli army, and that how in 1973. Avigdor Bengal was the commander. Kahalani was in the field, so to speak, facing the Syrians and how a handful of tanks repelled hundreds and hundreds of Syrian tanks. We spoke about all this, the Eimek Habakha battle, because uh, Avigdor Yanush Bengal passed away last week. Um, And so the recording, there's a recording that was... um, featured a lot in Israel over the last uh, week or so since his passing, in which this is an actual recording of the communications during the battle between the two of them. A lot of it is technical. I, I, I just chose the the first two parts, a few seconds, just to give you an idea of um, what what they were discussing. Uh, we'll bring you that as well. We have oh, we have way too many things to talk about. So, before we go to our uh, next song, we'll just mention the passing of the Admor from Erloi Harav Yochanan Sofer. Harav Yochanan Sofer, interestingly, a descendant of the Chastam Sofer, not a Hasidic uh, family per se. He founded, he was born in Erloy in Hungary, lost his entire family in the Holocaust, came to Israel, and he decided to start his Chazer to reestablish his Hasidic court, if you will. Not in the usual places where the other Hasidim can be found, whether in the Haredi neighborhoods in North Yerushalayim or Bnei Brak or so forth, but rather in Katamon which at the time was a lower middle class or or even lower than lower middle class neighborhood where there was not a majority of religious people, but he was so beloved. In fact, uh, President Reuven Rivlin, who knew him, wrote today, he was a unique individual, he was honored and appreciated by all, secular, religious, Haredim, that through his pleasant through the pleasantness of his of his character and of his behavior, he represented a beauty of both Hungarian Hasidim and Misnagdim as well. In his base medrash rites, Rubin Rivlin, which he built in Katamon, as we mentioned, Yekdav and Ashkenaz and Yekdav and So. We mentioned the passing of the Erloi Rebbe. I ha- happened to hang out in that area in my uh, younger years and passed that often, and remember with fondness the really just the the kindness and the beauty of uh, of the Rebbe and of the Hasidim. Yihizichro Baruch. Okay, we'll go to some more music, and then when we come back, we're going to bring you those recordings, those uh, few seconds of recordings from the Yom Kippur War, actual communications between two heroes of Jewish history, Yanush Bengal and Avigdor Kahalani. Uh, here's Idan Reichel with Lifnei Sheyi Gamer, off of uh, his new album. My name is Mayer Weingarten, you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
2: לפחד ליה תאהב שישבש על הלב לא לפחד בדרך להבך לקום כל בוקר ולחצות אל החיים ולנסות הכל לפני שיגמר לchemasם בנו ולחזור בסופ תמיד לאתחלה to find everything beautiful in all things and to look at what's going on from the comfort and love from all the time find one to lecha here I am a teacher who is <laughs> a teacher who is <laughs> a teacher who is <laughs> a teacher who is 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 a לחפש מאיפה בנו ולחזור בסוף תמיד להתחלה למצוא בכל דבר עוד יופי ולרקוד עד שנופלים מאייפות או אהבה מכל הרגעים בזמן למצוא אחד לחוזבו להגיד שהגענו Always remember for are in the night, when it is spread, I'm going to go to there need to also vaporize everything with what we are, where it will disappear. And when her is beingโ parece day, so every
0: The name of the album is Hayar Chama, I believe. I think so. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to today's show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Okay, we're going to have to do some. uh, Let's see if this is going to work. Let's see if this is going to work. have to do some. um, Yeah, it looks like it might. Need to do a little housekeeping okay so we we, um, last week spoke about uh, two extraordinary individuals one who passed away last week at the age of uh, I believe it was 79 Janusz Bengal a general in the Israeli army amazing story he uh, was born in Poland ran away at a young age with his parents when the war broke out to Siberia ended up in Iran, Persia where he was ultimately taken to Israel. And Victor Kahalani, a Dota one with uh, a lot of uh, faith. I, I've seen and heard n- numerous interviews with him over the last week or so since Janusz Bengal passed away. Uh, he talks about how ultimately, whatever heroism they showed in the battle, there was a power that was greater than them all that saved the day, and that was the one above. He even tells a story uh, which um, I saw. I, I should have recorded that for you. Maybe, maybe I'll play it next. You know, what? maybe I'll play it next week. So I won't tell you the story. Um, but at the beginning of the war of uh, Kahalani, anyway. But I digress. Hopefully these clips are the right ones. Um, this is a conversation between the commander, who's not in, in the battlefield on the front. He's somewhat behind, giving orders and having a broader look at the and the entire battle scene on the Golan Heights. One thing he knows is that the Syrians, for four days, have been attacking Israel relentlessly on the Golan Heights, trying to break through. And had they broken through, the entire Galil would have been open to them. God forbid, who knows what would have happened. And with uh, very, very small numbers of tanks and artillery and soldiers, the Israeli army held them back. And uh, one of the heroes of that battle is Avigdor Kahalani. The battle is known as the Battle of Eimek Habacha. So what we'll hear is, the um, communications feed between the two. Kahalani identifies himself as Shtayim. Obviously, when you're talking uh, in communications, uh, the army communications, you know that, that the, the enemy is most probably listening. And so you try not to identify yourself, not to give out as uh, too much information. Um, Kahalani says, Kan Shtayim, identifying himself havgasa artillery a round of artillery fire is starting and again there's a small group of tanks they're being bombarded constantly for days and he says to his commander Techaselotam help me destroy them the batteries the artillery batteries and and, and the tanks Ta'zorgam who help me also with our art- artillery they should be shooting and get the air force to fly over and bomb what he didn't know was that the air force had lost a tremendous tremendous number of planes at by that point and between the need in the south and the sinai and and the terrible losses there were no planes coming to help but um, he doesn't know that so he's pleading for the Air Force and the Artillery to bomb the enemy. In the second clip, Ben his commander, who basically knows that he doesn't have too much cover for him, says, I'm doing everything possible so that you should succeed. In the back of his mind, he's saying, I don't have much. And then he sort of like blurts out, Atah gibor Yisrael. We're riding on you. You are a hero of Israel. Well, here's the here's the first clip. Uh, Kahalani and Yanush Bengal. <laughs> and in fact, he did get the medal, the commendation of of valor, from the Israeli army. So, just a little follow up on last week, Vigdor Kahalani Yanush Bengal, Yanush Bengal, who passed away last week, Yehi Zichro Baruch, and may Vigdor Kahalani continue. To live and tell the story of the miracles that he saw during the war. Uh, this is something from Ehud Banai. It's called Blues Knani. Old song goes back a while, um, and uh, many uh, goes back 2004. Many believe that it is uh, written in memory of Mayor Ariel. Who um, was a great musician, but had a very sad life and died at a rather young age. Blues Kanani. My name is Meriwangar, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
3: הרבה השתנה כאן זהו זמן שיגעון מהומה אדם מקץ ובכל רגע חדש חוב לא עלינו והכל חי ברשת הכל התפוצץ ובאופק אחר אל עוד דע קמה ביושבים כל הלאינה אתה ואני שאלב את הולמים בודד שחנה קרקו ברוח שורק בלוז, זאבתי החושך גובר כאן האור שלך מאיר עדיין זוהר זה סיבוב הופעות מקומית תעדע אותו שיר כאב הולך וחוזר ובאופק אחר סביב שולחן השבת יושבים כולם יחד גם אתה ואני שלוות עורמים פרדס חנה קרקור, בודד שורק בלוז, כשעזבת הרבה השתנה כאן זה עולם אלקטרוני קצת קשה לדבר כמו שלך אף אחד לא אומר כבר הנער שלך נעיר עדיין בואב we will be able to do it. We will be able to do it.
0: Ehud Banai Blues Kanani. That's great stuff, even going back quite a while. It's still great. Doesn't doesn't stop being great. (laughs) My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We'll get to this in a minute. This is the way Mark Twain described his visit to the Holy Land in 1867. A desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life and action. Or another quote, We never saw a human being on the whole route. There was hardly a tree or shrub anywhere. Uh, we'll tell you more about that and about um the anti-Israel reaction to that that has been cropping up lately. We'll remind you that the Israel show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh a most amazing organization they are now in the united states going from place to place from city to city with great aliyah expos and so um we encourage you to check it out go to their website nbn nefish N-B-N dot nbn.org.il dot nbn.org.il dot dot i'm doing it right now as we speak let's see if we have information about the specific expos. But um when they come to the cities, they have New York, Washington, Baltimore, Florida, Montreal, Chicago, Los Angeles, Toronto. It's right there on the front page of their website. And you can you can um they call it a mega event. In New York it's gonna be on Sunday, March the sixth. And you can register now in Midtown Manhattan. It's a mega event alias, alias seminars and So much stuff planning, your career in Israel, uh, you have to go see it. You just have to see the website and then go go to the event. And as we mentioned, events all over the United States. So um, you should uh, go there. And their website has great information in general. All kinds of information that you could use about um, living in Israel and the things that you will encounter along the way. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by nefesh nefesh, they are, without a doubt, revolutionizing Aliyah. Here is Shiri Golan with a cover of Ma Umroteinayich off of a new album of hers, which uh, are covers of uh, great, famous Israeli songs. Ma Naich, Shiri Golan. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs> classic of Israeli music, Ma Umrot Einayich, redone by Shiri Golan off of her brand new album, which is uh, covers of Israeli classics. Words to that, Yitzhak Shenhar, and the melody, Mordechai Ze'ira. And my name is Mer Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So, we were promising you to talk about... Mark Twain's trip to Israel. Yes, Mark Twain went on a group trip. Well, he went to many places. And um, one of the places that he went to was the Middle East. And that included Lebanon, Syria, and the Holy Land. What we now call Israel, but in those days was called Palestine, as named by the Romans... About two thousand years ago, in order to eradicate the Jewish presence, he talks about uh, going in the uh, in the Galilee area. And by the way, we're going to post a link to this book. This is a book. It's called *Innocence Abroad*. This was his. What happened was he went as a as a writer. He was a writer, obviously, Mark Twain, and and he would write chapters different places that he visits, send them back they were published in newspaper as as um you know separate articles and then eventually when he got back put the whole thing in a book and uh, first published it in 1869 and it was called the Innocents Abroad and it's uh, it's available in very many different formats online i'll post one of the the links to the entire book uh, it's it's a very long book many pages but you might find it interesting, and then you can do a search if you want for Palestine, Galilee, Jerusalem, and so forth, which is uh, some of what we did. So he writes, um, when he was in the Galilee, and he was going through Amic Israel, and he was recounting certain great things that happened there in the Bible, he writes, well, stirring scenes like, like these occur in this valley no more, the things that he read about in the Bible. Listen, there is not a solitary village throughout its whole extent, not for 30 miles in either direction. 1860s, when, when the anti-Zionist and anti-Israel and anti-Semites talk about, we stole land from people. They were living there for generations and generations and had this beautiful, idyllic life. Here's an eyewitness who has no horse in the race, if you will, telling you how he traveled through the Galil, and he didn't see a a village for 30 miles. There are two or three small clusters of Bedouin tents, but not a single permanent habitation. One may ride 10 miles hereabouts and not see 10 human beings. Oh, gosh. Then he writes, we reached Tabor, that's Har Tabor, which is also a uh, a, um, well-known site in Christian theology. And so as this was a pilgrimage, we reached Tabor safely and considerably in advance of that old ironclad swindle of a guard. We never saw a human being on the whole route, much less lawless hordes, hordes, hordes of Bedouins. Tavar stands solitary and alone, a giant sentinel above the plain of Ezraelon, which is the, which is what they call Israel. Nobody, nobody was there. Let's hear about what Jerusalem was like. All the Arabs always talk about how we can't defile any of their holy sites we can't daven on Har Habayit because it's their holy site for all these years and they've always davened there and so forth and so on that the city of Jerusalem is their capital the population of Jerusalem writes Mark Twain is composed of Muslims, Jews, Greeks, Latins, Armenians Syrians, Copts, Abyssinians Greek Catholics and a handful of Protestants one hundred of the latter sect are all that dwell now in this birthplace of Christianity. The nice shades of nationality comprised in the above list and the languages spoken by them are altogether too numerous to mention, meaning it's, it's, there is a polyglot, if you will, of, of various different uh, uh, groups. It seems to me that all the races and colors and tongues of the earth must be represented among the fourteen thousand souls that dwell in Jerusalem. And here is here is an uh, important part. This is, again, quoting from Mark Twain. Rags, wretchedness, poverty, and dirt, those signs and symbols that indicate the presence of Muslim rule more surely than the crescent flag itself, abound. Lepers, cripples, the blind and the idiotic assail you on every hand and they know but one word of but one language apparently the eternal Bakshish meaning their panhandling to see the numbers of maimed, malformed and diseased humanity that throng the holy places and obstruct the gates, one might suppose that the ancient days had come again, that the angel of the Lord was expected to descend at any time to stir the waters of Bethesda this is how he wraps it up, Jerusalem is mournful, and dreary, and lifeless. I would not desire to live here. Can you imagine somebody writing that about Jerusalem today? Let those who make the claims, the lies, of what was in the land of Israel before the Jews arrived, let them read this. Oh, and guess what? being that this is such a stunning, in-your-face truth that they find difficult to handle, they've come up with counterpoints. Yes, they have. Shocking but true. We'll tell you all about it after this song, and this is a debut of a brand new Shlomo Artsy song. A lot of Shlomo Artsy fans out there, I know. This is called Ve'ulai, released uh, probably a week and a half ago, and we're debuting it for you here. On the Israel Show, my name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network. the great new Israeli music, that was Shlomo Artzi, Ve'ulay. Came out about eh, about ten days ago or so. My name is Mayor Wangat and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachoam Siegel Network. We're talking about Mark Twain as an eyewitness to what Israel, at the time known as Palestine or the Holy Land, looked like back in the mid-1800s, 1869. He publishes his book. Uh, which is a collection of essays that he wrote on his trip throughout the Middle East and parts of Europe. We're reading to you about what he basically saw. Nothing. Emptiness. Squalor. Wretchedness. Here's another little quote. He passed Shiloh. And then uh, they continued... After a while, he writes, this is a quote, "We came to a shapeless mass of ruins, which still bears the name of Bethel, Bethel." It was here, writes Mark Twain, that Jacob lay down and had that superb vision of angels flitting up and down a ladder that reached from the clouds to the earth and caught glimpses of their blessed home through the open gates of heaven. I guess he knew his Bible. Then continues uh, Mark Twain that they were as uh, they were continuing toward the goal of their crusade the renowned Jerusalem and now I quote from Mark Twain the further we went the hotter the sun got and the more rocky and bare repulsive and dreary the landscape became there could not have been more fragments of stone strewn broadcast over this part of the world if every ten square feet of the land had been occupied by a separate and distinct stonecutter's establishment for an age. There was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. Even the oil and the cactus, those fast friends of worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. No landscape exists that is more tiresome to the eye than that which bounds the approaches to Jerusalem. The only difference between the roads and the surrounding country, perhaps, is that there are rather more rocks in the roads (laughs) than in the surrounding country. Don't forget, he was a humorist. And so, Mark Twain, whatever you want to say about him, there were some anti-Muslim parts in there, there's some cute, com- comical parts in there. But if you read it in its entirety, you get a picture of a barren wasteland with Bedouin tribes and very few people actually living there. And this is such an important eyewitness report because it comes just, just at the beginning. Of the uh, early, early, early aliyah of the Zionist movement from Russia, Europe, etc., in the 1870s and the 1880s. So, the anti Israel people, and many they are, the anti Semites, well, they had to somehow debunk this. What are they going to say? goes against everything that they... Uh, have been telling us. Here's how... Um, one of the people in the New York Times... writes about... now the story, the story made it into the Times because... it seems at one point that... Uh, during uh, one of the visits of... Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu to visit President Obama... there was a thought of his bringing as a gift to Obama... Uh, early edition of the book of this book, obviously pointing out to him you know this this is what was here before you know let let's, lest you believe anything else this is what was here and um uh, So here's what someone writes in the New York Times. Whatever the merits of taking selected observations of a comic novelist as solid demographic evidence 130 years after the fact, Mr. Netanyahu so-and-so and so... -so, It's amazing. It is quite amazing, I must say. If you see how he just starts the paragraph. Whatever the merits of taking... So it's selected observations... Oh, suddenly Mark Twain is just a comic novelist, so anything he says is uh, is not really true. And you can't take it as solid demographic evidence. Well, who's saying it's solid demographic evidence? We're saying that this shows you what was there. And then, 130 years after the fact. No, no, no. This is the, He wrote it on the spot. 130 years after the fact we're fighting a myth, a lie that is being told over and over again. Oh, then somebody else writes, well, Twain's book is hardly a survey. You can't, yeah, you know, you can't count it as a survey. And even today there's still large non-agricultural areas in the West Bank and Israel where you can drive and not see a soul. Oh, please, give me a break. You, you're just taking everything out of context maybe I don't know that there are many places in Israel that you can drive for, for 10 or 15 or 20 miles and not see a soul or a town but let's say they were if you take the the description as a whole what do you see? you see a desolate place if you take the description as a whole of Israel today you see A miracle of rebirth. And then, of course, they write, well, how can you trust him? He had unfavorable things to say about Arabs. And he does have one major quote in there in which he disparages the Muslims and says that The wretchedness of the place uh, is unequivocally Muslim. And so what? This is the leftist. This is what they do. They'll they'll take totally irrelevant arguments, totally irrelevant arguments, and throw it at, and say, oh, this isn't, this is nothing, this is nonsense, this is meaningless, because he didn't like Arabs. So what? What does that have to do with anything? In 1860, there basically weren't many Jews there either. There are a handful of Jews. This wasn't a Jewish Arab thing. Oh, he was he was just a comic. So what? He made it up. We we got to know this stuff. We should know this stuff. We should be aware of the existence of these quotes. I'm going to post it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. You can download the book in your Kindle. You can download it to your iPad. You can read it online on an HTML. You can read it off of a PDF. There's just so many ways to read it. Don't have to read the whole thing. It's a very big book. Just read those parts about Israel that we're talking about and get an idea. So when people say to you, as someone said to me this week, why did the Jews have to go to a place that where so many Arabs were? Why couldn't they go to some other place? The answer is there weren't very many Arabs there. Surely not in the 1860s. Not that that would change the our return to the homeland. Even if there were other people there. We didn't return illegally. Everything... All the land was purchased and straight out bought... And we would have lived harmoniously with our neighbors if they wanted to live harmoniously with us, but they didn't. Um, We promised you, and we're running out of time, so we're going to do this uh, right now. We promised to share with you the Simcha, the joyous event taking place in the family, in the Klein family. We've spoken often about our hero, Israel's hero, I should say, Roe Klein. Who was killed in the Second Lebanon War as he was commanding his battalion of uh, foot soldiers in a town called Binchbel, and a grenade was thrown in. The grenade landed very close to where he was, together with many, many others, and in in a second, he made the judgment that he would probably be blown away but if he fell on the grenade he would save so many others and he did fall on the grenade and the words Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Elokeinu, Hashem Achad, were on his lips he was left by his um, widow Sarah and two children who are today 12 and 10 year old Gilad and Yoav and the happy news is that after such a long time. Sarah Klein is going to remarry, and the person she is remarrying is a Rav that was that Roe Klein so looked up to. One of the founders of the Yeshiva B'nai David and Eli that Roe was a part of. Yigal Levenstein, whose wife passed away recently. His wife was a very well-known author in Israel. There is a 20-year difference between them, but as was noted by many, Rabbi Yigal Levenstein, even though he's 59, is a very young 59, he grew up um, in a secular family in a lot. He was a champion um, wind surfer. A champion windsurfer. He was v- that close to getting into the Munich Olympics. It's amazing. And, uh, after he finished his army service, he became a Jose Bachuva in 1988, began together with the Rav Ali Sedan, the Bnei David, Michinadi, Shiva, and Eli. And, uh, so we wish him a Zaltov to Sarah Klein, Harav, Yiga Levenstein, and to the Klein boys. Gilad and Yoav, and to all of the people of Eli and all of Klal Yisrael, where we always celebrate beautiful occasions together. Me az yotsema tok. We're going to end off with um, an instrumental. The song, the instrumental is instrumentalizing, is Kalaniot, the very famous Shoshana Damari song, and this. um Version comes off of the brand new album La Shir Ita that we debuted last week, featuring some 30 some odd songs of uh, of Shoshana Damari. So this one is Kalaniot. It's an instrumental of that song, and we will end off with that. Not before we say thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. Thank you for your Facebook likes and comments. Please do go to Facebook.com/slash The Israel Show and like the page. We We continue to grow in numbers, and they are important to us. Please tell all your friends about the show, about the Facebook page. Lots of great stuff there. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And as always, my very special thanks to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Encore presentations of Eternal Flame by Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. I'll be filling in for Nachum over at jm and AM on Wednesday. Hope you can join us, 6 to 9 Eastern Time. And then after that, Monday. Until next Monday, following jm and AM. this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.